What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Voice, and you're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, special guest, repeat guest, Malachi Bailey, editor-in-chief over at Wingless Comics and creator of the comic that is now full, fully funded on Kickstarter, her. Thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate it. So thanks for having me on the show again. It's been a minute, though. Yeah, yeah. The last time that I had you on, I felt as though, you know, I talked to Brian so much. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just get Malachi on here. We're, we're going to have an editor slash creator chat. And I feel as though we were instrumental in the points and the dynamic between the two of you. Oh, yeah. It is, it, is, it is a fun, loving relationship. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. You know, like, the thing is, y'all are both creators. So... The butting of heads has to be chaotic. And the thing is, you're not you're not a person that shies away from giving a rough opinion of someone's work. That's not uh, entirely untrue. But yeah, OK, OK, <laughs> OK. I'm just making sure you're not coy about uh, the, no, you know, no. the details of somebody's script. Yeah, um, I have some stories to share with you. Yeah. Oh, and you know, look, I, I can feel the juice flowing, but it, it's fine. You know, it's, it's juice, 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 juice. We can run with it. That's fine. So in 2019, let's take you back. 2019, okay. you started a journey um, that probably with the release of the novel, Her, mm -hmm. Gods and Monsters, um, came out during that time. And. I'm sure it was a journey in the release of that book because it was something that pretty much you had had anticipated and wanted to tell uh, for a very long time. If you could, if you could speak today, of course, of course. So the re-release of the first novel, her, was 2019. Yes, that is correct. However, the first edition, the one that I still cr cringe at when I look at the cover. That actually came out in 2016. Mm. Um, so once upon a time, you know, before I was given the opportunity to work in indie comics, I was an intern at a small like boutique, you know, publishing house. And it came, you know, came up to me um, as an opportunity to get myself into the business because I've always been a creator. I've always been a lover of comic books, always been a lover of stories. So to be asked to be an intern, intern was pretty cool. At least I thought initially. So we were told that we would have to publish our own book. Um, so start thinking about what you want to do. So for me, it, it was a no brainer. Like I knew it would have its roots in sci-fi and fantasy. And by sci-fi and fantasy, I mean mainly superhero lore. Uh, it's my bread and on my bread and butter. You know, it's something that I've always um, had in my system. It's always been a part of who, uh, who I was. So I knew that when I was tasked to write this novel, it would be about a superheroine. Mm -hmm. So when I was asked to um, give my pitch, you know, on the spot, I was like, okay, uh, she's called her. She's immortal. She's an African woman who is rumored to be possibly the first woman. Uh, she is reincarnated through, through different lives. 
Um, each life, she has a different base, a different ethnicity, a different skill set, and sometimes a different um, type of superpower. Mm. So this is what I pitched to her. So, you know, my mentor at the time was like, oh, great, we want to do that. And I spent the next couple months pretty much working on that manuscript. And the writing process for each, you know, writer is different. You know, there's not one, you know, method that works for a particular person. It just really depends on you know, um, the time they have. It depends on their influences that that's going to help with their um, creative process. So for me, I was fortunate that I had a, a job at the time that required me to work, you know, two to two to eleven. So I still had the mornings to myself to pretty much, you know, do whatever I wanted. So at the time I was single and I lived alone. So, you know, me and my pet cat, you know, we just had a lot of time together. That sounds obscene, but you know what I mean. Um, so I I spent uh, two months actually writing my manuscript and I finished my book. I made sure that, um, you know, I follow, followed how it should be written. You know, I spent a lot of time at Barnes and Noble. You know, I, I spent a small fortune in writing reference books that helped me to, you know, delve into conflict, you know, dialogue, you know, the hero's journey, um, you know, all these uh, vital tools that you need to create um, a good story. So 2015 is when I started the process. And for me, I, I, I spent a lot of time editing other novels that were mm -hmm. not in my genre. There were a lot of romance novels. Uh, I, I didn't mind doing it because I knew it would help the fellow writer who was trying to come up. But did I necessarily enjoy it? No. Um, I found it very tedious um, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I knew then, like mm -hmm. I've always known, that I wanted to write. And an editor can clean it up or do whatever they need to. But for me, I don't like cleaning up shit. You know, I just want to just make a mess, you know, and just keep it moving. Right. So in 2016, you know, when I was getting ready to, you know, release my, uh, my, my book, you know, I was so excited. You know, it came to my attention that the people that I was in business with, you know, the ones that I was an intern for, they didn't know how to market my book. So I'm like, wait, hold on. So I spent the last year in your employee, well, mm -hmm. employee, you know, quotations. I'm helping you edit these other manuscripts that you're able to publish. But when it comes down to my manuscript, you don't know how to do it. And now I'm a month away from actually releasing, releasing it. So I was, I was really pissed. Um, and even during that time, you know, there was a, a cover that I, that I knew that I wanted. And I was, I was fortunate enough that my dear friend, Amy Hearn, who was actually one of my mentors, like I've known her since I was 18. And the way that she wrote her stories, they actually like, they inspired me to write the way I write now. Like she made me a, a word painter. Oh, wow. So we still keep in contact. I mean, she's just a phenomenal storyteller. You know, she's an artist as well. So initially, she did this illustration for me that was just gorgeous. You know, you, you see Sophronia, AKA her, she's floating in the water. She's butt ass naked. Um, 
you know, she, you see like the waves around her and it's like, and there's a soft glow that's coruscating around her body. And I knew then that I wanted to have that cover, but due to circumstances beyond our control, you know, we couldn't use it, you know, in time. So of course, you know, the, um, my, my, uh, my, uh, my mentor, my official mentor and her colleagues were like, oh, we'll get a stock image. You know, I'm like, uh, can we at least go to Fiverr? You know, no, this, the stock image we selected is fine. No, we could do this. So you're telling me this initially that you could market, you know, the book, but then when it came down to it, I don't know how to market it. So yeah, I was frustrated. So the, the stock image that they selected, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah. So, and it wasn't what I wanted, you know, most importantly. So at the last minute, I decided to self-publish my book. Mm. I decided to, to create a company called Mother One Publications, which is in honor of my mother, you know, who passed, you know, almost 15 years ago. Mm. And there was a, um, and I don't, I don't know if you remember, but Image Comics, they had a, a, a comic book series called Wet Works. Yeah. And remember there was a character named Mother One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that name always stuck out to me. So as a kid, I would call my mother that. I would call her Mother One. So, you know, you know I would call her Mommy or whatever. Or we never did Ma or Mother because she said, if you said Mother, you would say the rest of it. So it was Mother One. And so she loved it. So after she passed and when I decided to get on this um, path of being a writer, I decided to, you know, name the company after her. So 2016, I released a book. Uh, people seem to enjoy it, but of course, you know, there's, there's always that one review that's like, hey, it seemed rushed, you know, there were typos because the, my mentor, she, she selected an editor whose genre was not sci-fi and fantasy. She, she was a romance novelist. Right. So, so you can't look for the things that I need to be checked, you know, or verified or scrutinized or whatever, because you're not trained that way. Right. So, so of course, you know, there were, there weren't any like plot holes because I was still very careful about it, but you know, if the dialogue seems a little, you know, um, you know, off, then give me a suggestion. You know, I, I need feedback that I can use, but of course it never happened. So for the first six months, you know, the book was available with a shitty cover and it's piss poor editing. And I spoke to my partner and we were like, you know what, maybe we just take it down and just redo it the way that you want to do it. Mm -hmm. So James, that took me three years because right. life happened, you know, shit happens. So I got to the point where I, you know, I, I was no longer living in North Carolina. I had relocated to the DMV and a better paying job. And I was able to start to invest in my dream. Mm -hmm. I reached out to Amy and she's a Malachi, just use the cover, the one that I, that I illustrated for you three years ago. And I said, you know what, Amy, I'm going to finally use it. So I used the cover that I wanted to all along. Um, I found an editor in Canada, you know, wow. to do the book for me. And when he um, sent back the, the, the initial draft, you know, of his edits, you know, he was, he was excited about it because he'd been doing this for 20 years. He said it felt different, it felt fresh. So of course, you know, that made me feel, you know, validated as a, as a creator. So when I was able to release her in 
uh, I want to say it was October of 2019, you know, fortunately, you know, a young man, a young bald man by the name of Brian <laughs> J. Lambert, <laughs> he, uh, he, he got the book because, you know, we, you know, we had a mutual friend and he read the first few pages and then I received a message from him. Hey, I'm starting an adventure called Wingless Comics. You know, would you be interested in doing it? Um, I'm reading the novel, and I think it would be a you know a great fit. So inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm shaking. I'm doing so. You know what? Um, remember in Martin when Mama Payne she be running back and forth, and she started biting the corner. That was me, but on the inside, you know, right, I'm, I'm right. having complete conniption, you know, inside, but on the outside, you know, I have to you know, use my customer service training mm -hmm. like, your proposal. I'll get back to you in, in a few days. I had to do that whole like facade that was so right, right, right. But it's something that I don't regret. Um, we were able to do so much in the last two years. So in the last two years, I was able to release my second novel, you know, Her Gods and Monsters. And I can say without any type of, um, you know, exaggeration or uh, hyperbole or anything like that, that this is the best novel of the two. You know, I'm in my stride. I'm in my element, no pun intended. And I, you know, I went off in that book. You know, it's maybe 40 pages longer. It's mm -hmm. thicker, it's bigger. She has bigger hair. You know, um, I had this phenomenal um, artist um, from, Ni I think he's from Nigeria, like Trevor, please don't kill me. But I had a legit African guy <laughs> illustrate the book cover. Mm. And it was so stunning. So we did that last year. And um, as you could tell, the last year was also busy for Wingless. You know, her, she made her comic book um, debut in her number zero from the Justice, Num Justice number one uh, Kickstarter. And then last year she um, was featured in Nightfall, you know, parts two, and three. And three. Because we released other ones this I year. Three, I got three right here. She on the Yes, couple. so I'm glad. You know, you're such a, um, you're a great supporter. Thank you, sir. Um, so, we, you know, we've been busy. We've been so busy. And as you know, now I am finally doing the Her Kickstarter for number one. So it's it's been crazy effing busy. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, it, now if we could... Um, the, the brief summaries that, that I've read from both novels were mm -hmm. different in a sense. Um, mm -hmm. they both, uh, resonated towards the fact that she, uh, she reappears in, mm -hmm. in a sequence of where, and her location kind of changes where she, in the first book, she's, uh, on the gold, gold coast of Australia, uh, picked mm -hmm. up by, and by a fisherman named Cyrus Dondi. And mm -hmm. in the second book, kind of like how she does in, in um, Nightfall, she mm -hmm. reemerges in present day San Francisco. Yes, 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 yes. So is there a correlation between the two? There is definitely a correlation. So of course, you know, the salesman in me is going to say, hey, just buy all the books, everything's connected. You know, you have to read one book before you read the other. And that's not untrue. But I don't hold myself or the um, or the readers. Um, I don't I don't hold them. You know, hold their feet to the fire, pretty much. Like, no, you guys, 
you know, if you if you want to start off with her number one, with her already, you know, already adjusted to San Francisco life, that's fine because it's still a fresh start. But if you want to know how she emerged out of nowhere, like she's drowning, you know, off the coast of um, Australia, if you want to know how that happened, then I encourage you to check out the first book. Right. Now, in that book, you know, she has to um, you know, remember who she is because like her identity is the key to her survival. And you don't get to be that old and that immortal without having any type of foes along, you know, along the way. Mm-hmm. And so, and so for the first book, it was really about, you know, self-discovery. And for this um, second book was more like, okay, so I know who I am, but I don't know who you guys are. You know, I don't, I'm in a world that I don't um, remember, you know, I don't recognize it. And I'm still dealing with the trauma you know, of my past lives, you know, I lost my first tribe, you know, because again, I am this long lived individual, but by the end of the first book, she found a new tribe, which would be Cyrus and Ramona. Mm. Um, Book two is more so with her, you know, still trying to get her foot in. And now we learn that, you know, there's of course to her, so there's a him, you know, her um, her evil counterpart, you know, this has been um, just long, like ages long, you know, feud between the two of them that was in fact set up by the Orishas who are watching over, you know, from, from above. And we, you know, we play with that. I, I asked, I actually answered a question in the second book, how she ended up in the water in the first book, you know? Gotcha. And so I, you know, I don't, obviously I don't want to spoil, but by the time we're done with the second book, you know, she's a, now she's ready to receive what's happening, you know, for her, her, her new phase, you know, for this next phase in her life for, for the, um, if you look at it, it's the comic book now. Right. So with her number one, you know, there, there'll be some familiar elements to those who have read previous books, um, to those who are not familiar with it. You know, I, I hope they're just as excited, you know, as enthralling. Um, but of course, you know, I throw my little Easter eggs in there, you know, for those who've been with me, you know, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something that, you know, that people should know now when it comes to, you know, me and Brian and Brett and the rest of Wingless is we plan for the future. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just here's an issue, read it and buy it, and you won't, you won't see us again for the whole year. No, we're going to stay on your news feed you know, with updates, you know, what shit that we have coming out. Um, when I tell you that, you know, we are always busy doing something. There's, there's never a dull moment. You know, we speak just about every day. You know, we um, have all these treatments for stories that, you know, we have yet to publish, but will publish. Um, there are some of them that are just so fucking exciting. Like, I, I can't wait till we get to that point, you know, in our, um, in our uh, timeline. And of course, you know, you have the, you know, the, uh, the very real eventuality of everybody coming together, aside right. from Nightfall. So it speaks to the world building that, that we are doing on a daily basis. Um, it speaks to the hard work and the, the motivation and determination that we have as creators who respect each other and each other's craft. And it's something that, you know, we don't, you know, we don't ever want want to change. Um, 
I'm fortunate that I got on board so early, you know, um, you know, um, I, and I remember like when it was just me and Brian, you know, we was like, okay, you know, we're English, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we really had just maybe what, three characters. I think we had maybe three characters the last time you and I spoke. Yeah. And now we have like a roster that is just like, it spans, you know, from one end of the globe to the next. And, you know, we have all these characters who are so interesting. And I love the fact that you know, her is, you know, labeled the first lady of ringless because she is. Right. Cause I, I believe at that time it was a uh, justice caliber and her, that was it. Mm-hmm. They were our big three, you know, Lux was, you know, making her, um, you know, her, her, um, presence known. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's a fun character. Like, um, I read Lux number zero and she is such a great addition to the ringless, you know, universe. So, you know, we've been very fortunate with, with the people putting out, um, you know, great characters and great stories. So, you know, I'm here for it. Now, now, when you describe her as the woman of many faces, and you do, oh, just as you basically told us a little while ago, um, mm-hmm. that there's been times where she reemerges and she even changes her ethnicity mm-hmm. and her language. Mm-hmm. How do you write that? So honestly, James, it takes a lot of research. Um, there's a part in the first book where, you know, and this is a spoiler, so they, people can deal with it. Um, I had her in Afghanistan mm. and I did research, you know, you know, about Afghanistan, you know, in that point of the century. Um, one of my dear friends, you know, he's from Afghanistan. So I asked him questions, you know, about you know, the, um, you know, different cities, you know, the, um, the cuisine, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the culture. So, and even like um, when she was in Australia, like I was actually looking at, you know, um, bus schedules, you know, from the, you know, those, the towns that, that I had a base in, you know, like it was Carnes or Cairns, um, Australia. And even with um, San Francisco, like I had the Google maps. Okay, so she takes this bus She'll get to this place in 10 minutes and, you know, I'm, I'm checking out, you know, um, the, uh, what is the botanical gardens and, you know, so right. I, I do the, re- the research, you know, I, I want it to come across as authentic as possible. Um, I, I, I want it to, I want you to be able to smell, you know, the seafood, you know, mm-hmm. when they go to the wharf in San Francisco, you know, I want you to um, know about the people, you know, how do they dress? You know, what are they saying? Is there is there any like local lingo that I need to incorporate in the stories? Right. So I'm a bit of perfectionist, which is could be a good and a bad thing. But I think when it comes to, to you know, to to creating a story that's worth reading, you know, you need to do your research. You know, you you need to make it feel believable. I totally understand that. Now, as far as the transition that you've made from turning mm-hmm. this into the the novel that it was now now how many pages were the were the first two books so i'm just going to do like a rough estimate so for the first novel i believe it's 168 pages mm-hmm. now for her guys and monsters that's probably closer to maybe 250 250 yeah so you got one that's like 100 160 another one's around like 250 you're transitioning mm-hmm. that to a 23 to 26 page comic book. What has to change? Almost everything. Um, 
even the way that you get into the creative process, uh, it's it's definitely more challenging, believe it or not, you know, doing the comic book. Because mm. even though it's, you know, um, you have the visual aid of the characters, which, you know, that's why we're all here, basically. You know, we love seeing some characters powered up, you know, um, you know, beating somebody's ass. You know, that's what we love. Yeah. <laughs> we have a good beat down. Yeah. So, so, but, you know, but we need to make that also believable. So for me, I had to, I had to be in more control of what I put out there. I couldn't, I couldn't like, you know, go up and do like a, a flowery paragraph or two in the novel because that's, I can, I can make that as long as I want. Like it right. could have been um, a novella. It could have been like this um, magnum opus. It could have been anything like that. But for a comic book, there are more restrictions. You know, you're on a t- um, on a time constraint as well. Mm. So, you know, and that was something that I had to tell Brian. Like, of course, you know, you're more used to it because you're doing it a little bit longer than me. But I felt like I was thrown into like you know the deep end of the pool because I I wasn't trained this way for the last, I don't know, like 12 years. Yeah. So, you know, I went out, of course, you know, I'm all about getting a writing reference book. So I was the first one to go to Amazon and I got a book that said how to write comic books. Mm-hmm. And it was helpful, you know, I had the little illustrations and everything, but by the time I got that actual um, book, you know, we already had something developed in-house that was helping me keep on track. Um, it helps that, you know, Brian is also very thorough. Um, if he had questions, you know, about the script, you know, he was not shy about asking them. Um, you know, he was like, he would tell you, this does not make sense. Why is she leaping off the Golden Gate Bridge to take a dive in the water? Why didn't her neck break? Why, why are we doing this? So that was uh-huh. in the first draft. And I said, but it, it looks so cool. I could have, you know, illustrated. She's, you know, we could do like a series of smaller frames that focus on her face. He said, no, that, that doesn't make sense. Um, people are driving to work and this woman is, a, she, she's seemingly committing suicide. So I was like, yeah. I said, maybe you're right. You know, so. Right, right. Again, it's about the control. It's about, okay, I know you want to show that she's badass because this is your, this is your child, but we need to make this believable. You know, we mm-hmm. need to build up, you know, to her wanting to um, do a, um, a leap off the Golden Gate Bridge. So it, it is definitely um, a, a big transition, but it's also one that I wouldn't trade for the world. Like I've always wanted to do comic books. Yeah. Um, going back to since I was a kid, you know, that was my, that was my dream. Like, Malachi, what do you want to be when you grow up? A comic book writer. Now, back then, I didn't know that they not paid a lot, um, but I wasn't going to do it for the money. I was doing it for the love of the craft. Right. As you know, um, passion work. No. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it, it, it's definitely um, my passion. Like, I, I, I love telling stories. You know, I love being able to share something that was in my head and I can put it down on paper or, you know, on a computer screen and share, you know, people who are, you know, of, of the same mind. Yeah, now now we're looking at it, of course, comic books being a visual medium. Uh, mm-hmm. with, with with novels, it's usually just the author and the mm-hmm. editor. In this context, you have yourself, the, mm-hmm. the, the creator, the author, 
you have the inker, the colorist and everything like that. Being now how it's a visual medium, you have to hold back sometimes from the dialogue because people like to see exactly what's yeah. going on. So you probably like had, you were probably going, driving yourself berserk. I when was. Panel, like, when the panel came by where you didn't have to say anything because all the action was happening. It hurt. It hurt initially. Um, so I learned, you know, uh, through Brian and it was reaffirmed in that book that I purchased. They said, when you have a word bubble, there should be no more than three sentences in that word bubble. Mm. And it, it, you know, ideally it should be short and concise, but sometimes you got shit to say. So that's why you got to take full advantage of using the captions, you know? Right. Um, you know, and for me, like I'm a word painter. So when I, when I use the captions, even with my description, you know, for the, um, when I'm describing the scene, it was like the same. So I'm like, you know, I, I have to be more concise. I have to be clearer because my artist is like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, you know, now <laughs> just tell me what you want me to do. Does right. she, she, she pick up the glass of water and drink it? But you have it down here. Oh, you know, um, she was so parched. You know, her throat was dry. You know, her hand shook as she reached for the glass. They were, you know, perspiration that was on the glass. She picks it up. She almost dropped it. He said, I don't need all that. You know, <laughs> what is she doing? Right. Is she thirsty or is she not? So, so for me, I had I had to learn to dial it down a little, dial it down and dial it back mm. because I'm a word painter. You know, mm -hmm. um, words are my language. You know, you know, it's it's my food, it's my sustenance. And you know, and I and I like to have a big, you know, big banquet of it. You know, like I, I want to dig in, but people don't have the time or the inclination to sift through that buffet that I put out there for them. I, I, I got, who, who's the, who's the artist on her? Okay. So the artist I have is Dino Igor. Well, bless you, Dino. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cause he was like, so uh, Malachi, um, little clarity here. And I'm like, oh, I am so sorry. And <laughs> this is still after I went through like three different revisions of the script before I sent it out. Right, right, right. But Dino, he has been like, you know, a trooper, I want to say since early last year, because I, I got him on board when I, when we did, I think it was Nightfall Part 2, mm -hmm. we had the, um, the Black History Month, you know, um, pinups. Right. And he was, you know, he, that was his first wingless assignment. Okay. So I was like, hey, Dino, um, you know, I've been checking you out, aka I've been stalking your page you know, um, lately. I love your artwork. Um, and what sold, what sold me on his artwork was the way he, he illustrated a black man. Like he, like he gave him like, you could tell without it being colored that this was a, a colored man type thing. Right. And I was what? like, okay. Wasn't a white man with brown skin. Yes, it was, no, it just, he had the lips, like he had the bone structure. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I can work with this. So I hit him up and you know, he had the time, you know, and the desire to do the pinup of, of her alongside Storm and Vixen, which is still one of my favorite pieces. So whenever I, whenever we had a Kickstarter or some type of event that required, you know, me to, you know, put her out there, you know, Dino was always the person that, that I hit up. Hey, Dino, um, this is kind of last minute, but can you do a pinup for me? This is a theme. Here are the photo references, like even with the alternate covers for Nightfall, like he was on it. Mm. 
And then we had Nimesh. And I want to say it's Nimesh. It could be Nimesh. Either way, I am sorry. Brian says it's Nimesh. I says it's Nimesh because I'm from New York and whatever. Um, he, his art, or his colors are just gorgeous. Mm. He is just like, they, he compliments Dino's artwork so well. And I'm just so, I'm so glad and relieved because sometimes you hear these horror stories, you know, um, and no one wants to see bad art. No one wants to see good art that's colored, you know, badly. So I was fortunate that I had, you know, I had on um, the package deal, I had these great, you know, um, creators on, you know, on my team showing um, the world what Sophronia is all about. That, yo, that, that's, that's excellent. Now, when, when you're looking at where you basically want to take her, she's already been introduced in a crossover for Nightfall mm -hmm. uh, it, with the, with the triad of pretty much all the wingless mainstay characters, her being mm -hmm. the the first lady of wingless comics. Mm -hmm. Now carrying forth, Immortals has come out. Justice is now continuously moving. Uh, Caliburn is basically coming out with its own thing. You all are mm -hmm. building this universe of sorts that can go in any type of direction that it wants to at this point. Mm -hmm. Where does her fit now in all this? Does it start? generally with this signature issue or do we see more of that down the line where all of this fits because we've already like i said we've already seen her in a crossover so it's like mm -hmm. what where does this universe build from here so when it comes to the um the ongoing series for her she is now we're getting to know her so uh -huh. we pretty much threw her at you um nightfall part two you know, she's sitting there at the writer's block, you know, which is the little um, book cafe that her friend Ramona owns. You know, that was pretty much your, um, your uh, it's a cold introduction to the character because no one had seen her before. And then we see, see her again, powered up in part three. People are like, who is she? Like, where does she come from? Yep. Kind of like that song, you know, from Grease 2. You saw Grease 2. Uh, yeah. And you know I, what I'm talking about. I mean, it was a horrible one, but yeah. I saw oh, yeah, it was... It was cringy, but they had moments like when when Michael comes out on a motorcycle. The who's that guy? Where did he come from? You know that song, right? Um, that was the reaction people had <laughs> for her. So the series is going to allow me time to flesh out the character, to introduce her to people who have not read the books or might have had a chance to read the books on Nightfall. Um, there are so many. Um, so many characters that, that I want to bring in. I already had the first year planned out, the first 12 issues of her. Um, I know that for the current storyline, um, the main title is called Sea Change. Mm. And part one is called First Impressions. So it's going to be a four issue story arc. And then the next story arc, you know, and you're the first one I'm telling this, it's going to be called Through a Mirror Darkly. So I have, I have plans to uh, reintroduce um, people who've read the book to certain characters. I have plans to uh, create new villains, you know, new um, new allies, new frenemies. Mm -hmm. So, like, like I was telling, um, I was telling, you know, some of my friends the other day. Th there's a meme where it shows um, this this woman, and she's like, she's going, you know, she seems really busy. And the caption said, 
you know, picture a writer's brain as a computer with the browser open and there's all these tabs that are open and some say non-responding, you know, and it's like 20 of them up there. That's pretty much my brain when it comes to <laughs> creating stuff. Like I am always thinking of something. Right. Um, you know, I, I always have an idea that I want to run past the team. Like, hey guys, what do you think? Like, like James, like right now, like in this moment, I'm already thinking about Kickstarter, you know, number two and what I'm going to do differently, you know, what I want right. to add. So um, her, she's not going anywhere. Like she has this amazing story that we could show going forward, like, you know, her future with, with Wingless, but also this so much of her past that we haven't even touched on, uh-huh. you know? So, you know, that could be something and it will be something that I'm going to also play with, you know, as subplots, you know, throughout the book. So I, I got this, you know, like I, I've, I've been trained to do this, you know, I've been reading comic books now for the better part of 30 years, you know, I inherently know how I should move it along. Like I know how to pace the story. Um, I know how to, you know, hit my act one, my act two, and my act three by applying the hero's journey. So, you know, I'm just, it's just a matter of when. Right. Like I already have this shit in my head, you know, it's a matter of, okay, hurry up, you know, we have, you know, cause you know, this year we did wingless plus day. So it's like, we have all these announcements and it's like, and I'm always like, you know, brimming over with ideas. Mm. Now, uh, you basically already told the story about uh, how pretty much you and Brian came to be and how wingless centered around the two of you now with the addition of Brett and Brett now becoming the editor of her. Yeah. For for this comic, the relationship between all three of you and how you've been able to build this forward. I know Brian has now uh, recruited his sisters in um, Mm -hmm. in such as far as as far as being a writer on future projects. There is now a slew of people that are continuously pushing out projects for Wingless. What would you say the current state of Wingless Comics is at this point in time? They are rising to the top. You know, and I say that without any type of exaggeration or anything like that. You know, our, our tagline is where heroes rise and that is applicable to what we're doing. You know, Brian and I, we talk just about every day, you know, whether it's on the phone or, you know, through a messenger and when we're not like ribbing each other, you know, we are discussing what we want to do. You know, what do you think about this idea? You know, we still run ideas past each other. Like when I tell you that we have so much planned for next year, like, like for me personally, it's gonna be a lot of travel because mm-hmm. I'm gonna finally put myself out there with the Comic Con. So, you know, I'm gonna return to the Black Comics Day in San Diego in February. Oh, okay. So I'm, well, so so I'm doing that. You going across cross country? Oh yeah, because you know, because I, I did it this year too. So as you did. You know, you know, I met up with Brian for the first time. Like, you know how sometimes when you meet people, it's kind of like awkward and you're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, you seem cooler, you know, mm-hmm. when you were two-dimensional. Um, <laughs> but me and Brian, it was like, we just, it was like, okay, hey man, you know, I brought him from Starbucks, he were hanging out. Like we had always done this. So right. so for next year, you know, I, I intend to fly back out there to harass him some more, you know, because- okay. That's one of my pleasures in life. To, to As you should. Know. Yeah, because, you know, like, you know, someone's got to do it. So that's going to be in February. Um, in April, here in uh, 
I want to say, is it uh, um, Bowie, Maryland? You know, there's going to be the second annual HBCU con. Yeah. You know, yep. So, you know, I got to be out there for that because it's like in my backyard, pretty much. You know, they're doing a uh, a different world theme. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So I got to attend this one. Then I want to say in May in Atlanta's MomoCon, I got to go to MomoCon. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say in July, I'm going to go to San Diego Con, you know, the, the mother of them all. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be hella busy. Um, you know, I got to get, I got to get it out there. Like, Hey guys, we are wingless, you yeah. know, so you need to see what we're doing and you need to buy our shit, please. And thank you. Pretty much, man. You, you got to get your, you got to definitely get out there, get a table. And is able to oh, yeah. basically stump stump to the public, as the politicians would say, you know, yes. shaking, shaking hands and kissing babies. I don't know about kissing the baby because the baby's ugly. I don't want it anywhere near me. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but, but in hindsight, I mean, I feel as though just being a fan and of course supporting all the projects, I feel as though Wingless is in in a great place amongst indie comics now. In the end, when we're looking at it in hindsight, uh, the state of indie comics from 2018 to now, uh, mm-hmm. I, I call it the uh, the post T'Challa Renaissance. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, a lot of us came together on social media to to where um, we had the applicable time. Of course, with the pandemic happening, it brought us all behind our screens and mm-hmm. through our phones and everything like that to actually talk with one another over something that we held a similarity to and familiar familiarity with. And that was Mm -hmm. indie comics. How would you say the reception is amongst the indie comics community with wingless with yourself? And how do you feel? uh, How do you feel indie comics as an art form has shaped you? Wow. So our place, wingless's place in the indie um, scene, um, it's not going anywhere. You know, we pretty much staked our claim. Um, we already shown, you know, our peers and our fans what we're all about. You know, it's about the quality as opposed to quantity, even though we have both. <laughs> um, and as for my stance, you know, me being, you know, now a, a writer in the community, it's very humbling. Mm-hmm. It's very humbling, James, because you know, I've always been a lover you know, of comic books. And, you know, within the last four years, you know, I started to become friends with people who were already in the scene, you know, before I met Brian. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it kind of felt like I was on the outside looking in, like, you know, you know, yeah, I can support you when I go to Blurcon and everything. And I, I could, you know, drop, you know, 40 bucks on your books, but I'm also a creator. So it's kind of like, you know, I kind of want the same thing. So now that I am officially one of, you know, one of the guys, you know, it's, it's, it's strange in a good way. It's rewarding. It's humbling. And it also feels right. Like, you know, and this is the Leo energy in me, in, in me coming out. It's like, I'm here because I was always meant to be here. Mm-hmm. So move. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've definitely seen. Uh, the times uh, where you've had stumbled upon a Comic Con, where you've had to, and, and I think you were doing press at uh, at Blur Con. Yeah, 
but I did. But, I did. but essentially, when you were doing that press, like you met up with, like I think it was like Greg Alicia, all these other, mm-hmm. and it was like pretty, pretty much like a, a cookout. You know, it was like it was definitely oh. a family. It was a family reunion of sorts. You know, because uh, all of us have spoken to each other in some form or fashion. So for us to finally all see each other, it was like, it was like one big ass hug. At a note. Really like when I tell you, um, so Greg is one of my, my, my dearest friends. Like I consider him, you know, my brother. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I enjoyed seeing him because we met up for the first time, I want to say four years ago. Mm-hmm. And again, it wasn't that awkwardness. It was just like, you know, like, like a real, like, you know, genuine hug. Um, harassed him like um this past summer we did blurcom yep and we did the um we did a panel you know we did the hoochie daddy shorts <laughs> and and it was like it was probably the most ridiculous thing but it was probably either the most enjoyable thing i've done all year like like right. james there was a part in there i don't remember the guy i haven't told you so we you know we had the panel and you know people were pretty much given a a particular decade or, you know, to focus on. Right. So, so I did the 80s, but I was focusing on the cartoons that were big, because, you know, me being an 80s baby. And I don't know what I thought I was doing, but I said, yeah, guys, you know, I'm feeling myself. And, you know, we had a nice little, um, you know, uh, gathering of people. I said, I'm going to squat right here. When I tell you my knee popped so loud <laughs> in that fucking room, like I, I was screaming inter- internally. <laughs> I was like like you heard it and you know everybody else heard it. everybody heard it it was like it was like um ice breaking type thing <laughs> you know it was it was a hard it was a hard audible la- you know um crack and I was like if I get back up and I get stuck this is gonna be a problem so it, it was just like like I know in that in that moment I knew that Malachi you were no longer 28 you are 38 going on 39 seasoned you, you can't be doing this anymore <laughs> however it was nice you know um wearing the hoochie daddy shorts because it was hot outside nice little breeze you know ventilation i was here for it <laughs> <laughs> well malachi i appreciate you doing this with me once again um, I, I, I applaud you on having the ability to put this book out to the public for for the third time uh, now in the comic book medium, I feel as though you found your place, and this is definitely a stride in the right direction as far as not only for you, but for Wingless Comics going forward, because I feel as though Wingless needed a heroine. You brought that heroine on board, and it's only going to supersede anything that's happening in the ways of, of your future. So thank you, sir. I applaud you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So for James Grandmaster Facts voice, Malachi Bailey from Wingless Comics, we are out. Mm-hmm.